it's good. It's good that we can have fun and love on one another. Church doesn't have to be a place of solemn. It should be joyful. Joyful. Okay. Let me remind you that lunch after service, soups, good old soups. I do want to show you a clip this morning, and I would like to do, I guess um, I've thrown another kink in things. Can we do that first, uh, Kevin? Because it'll probably be... Uh, so let, let me. So this week, just it popped up. I'll tell you, uh, one of our former members from when I was a kid shared it on his, on his, Facebook page, and I clicked on it and I I was blown away. You know, I I shouldn't have been because I know uh, <clears throat> how openly uh, those who are against Jesus and the things of Jesus in our country and in our government how open that is now. But I want to show you a clip this morning. And I showed some of you Wednesday night, but I want to show you a clip this morning. And, and it's just eye-opening at how open the attack on the things of God and God's word and God's influence in our country and in our nation is under. And so I want you to see this this morning. This is a, this is a uh, clip of what was going on in Congress around the Equity Act. The debate around the Equity Act that's that's very bad for God's people, and um, there was a debate going on, and this this congressman had his turn giving his speech, and he was giving uh, reasons why it was wrong according to Scripture, according to God's Word, and at the very end is the piece that I don't think I'll have to point it out to you, but the very end is a piece that I won't you to hear from the Democratic congressman from New York and what he says. So that's just kind of a little background of what was taking place here. So go ahead, Kevin. Equality Act and God is getting a lot of attention on social media. It ended with Congressman Jerry Nadler of New York saying what any religious tradition describes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales joins us now with more. Eric? That's right, Tracy. It was some very strong words by the Democratic congressman from New York, and it was directed at Republican Florida congressman Greg Stubbe. He uh, was reading out of the Bible, and he was talking about the differences between man and woman. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Unlike most speeches you'll hear on this floor today, I'm going to start with the truth. Deuteronomy 22.5 states a woman must not wear men's clothing nor a man wear women's clothing for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. Now this verse isn't concerned about clothing styles, but with people determining their own sexual identities. Republican Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida continued to outline why he believes the equality bill shouldn't pass. Minutes later, due to snickering from lawmakers. Bear the consequences. Gentlemen, suspend. The House will be in order. At the end, New York Democratic Representative Gerald Nadler responded. Mr. Stubbe, what any religious tradition ascribes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. 
I reached out to both Congressman Stubbe and Nadler for a comment. Congressman Stubbe tells me he disagrees with his Democratic colleague and wishes he had the chance to respond directly. Congressman Stubbe says right above the House Speaker's roster reads the words, in God we trust. You can reject God and not believe in God and you have that choice, but to say that religion, which is not religion, it's just biblical truth, to say that religion has no place in this Congress when our country was founded on Judeo-Christianity, I certainly completely disagree with that. It is important to note that the Democratic congressman from New York did not return any of my emails or phone calls. Now, Congressman Stubbe says that he believes God created the world, the U.S. government, and he believes that Judeo-Christian beliefs do belong in Congress. At the Capitol, Eric Rosales, EWTN, News Nightly. That shouldn't surprise us, should it? It shouldn't surprise us, but I'll tell you, it took me, it took me back a minute. For it to be so open, that's just how far we've re degressed, regressed, whatever the right word is. And God's people need to be aware. Because I've been telling you that time, it's going to get harder and harder for us to take a stand. And the persecution, that's persecution right there in our government. When somebody stands up and tries to denounce the Word of God. And if it's happening there, it's going to happen where we're at. Openly. Openly. And it ties in with this morning on what I want to, to point out in, in Acts chapter 4. And, and that is in bold, having boldness. And how do we have boldness? In times like these, the only way that we can get the boldness that we have to have to stand up for the things of God and take a stand is through Him. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go through all of and I, I'm gonna go through all of Acts chapter four, but I but I want to to specifically uh, I specifically want to to land. There at about verse 28, 27 through 31 there is, is what I really want to point out. But I think it's important as we read Scripture together that we get the whole context of what's going on. We don't just, we don't just take out bits and pieces. We make sure that we have the right context. Okay, But this does this is a good example of what Peter and them were going through and, and the boldness that they had to have where we see and we, we have an example of where they got their boldness. Because we're going to have to have boldness. We're going to have to have courage. And that can only come through our faith and our, our relationship with God. Because apart from that, we won't have it. We'll tuck tail and run. So, let's bow our heads for prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning so thankful that we can gather together and study your word. We're thankful, Father, that that, that we have examples of, in Scripture that, that give us insight and direction and show us how to deal with the things that we're going through in our world today. Lord, the, 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 the attitudes and the principles that you've laid out in Scripture are good from the beginning of time to the end of time. You do not change. 
We ask that you continue to give us that boldness, that courage, and that strength through our relationship with you that we can take a stand when the time comes to take a stand. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Acts chapter 4. Peter and John. Let's look at them here this morning. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. You think they want us preaching that now? It's no different. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Now remember, they've just healed uh, God's just healed the lame man at the church, at the temple, right? Okay? So remember that. That's what, that's what they didn't like. Because, because they, op- they said, hey, we're not the ones that healed you. God in heaven, the one that was crucified, is the one that healed you. Okay? And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of of men came to about 5,000. How about that for a revival? Huh? How about that for a revival? And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, Annas, the high priest, Cephas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. I can just hear them. Hey, guys, we got to have a meeting. I'm calling a meeting. <laughs> we got something to talk about. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people, the elders of Israel. Now, very important part right here. It says, and Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Number one, he would not have had the gumption. He would not have had the courage. He would not have had the boldness if the Holy Spirit wasn't living inside of him. That is the first step. Is to be redeemed and saved and have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. In order for you to do things that you cannot do of yourself. Because in and of himself, Peter would not have had what it took to do this. Okay? The same thing applies to us. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people, the elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Peter didn't back up, did he? This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which one must be saved. Now, do you think Peter didn't know that flesh that, that, that he was probably not in a good predicament, humanly speaking? They've arrested him and put him in, in jail. 
And now they've called him up. I'm sure he's thinking about what happened to Jesus. I would have been if I'd have been in his predicament. I mean, Jesus is, is kind of, this is pretty well about the, right along the same lines as what took place with Jesus, isn't it? I'm sure in, in Peter's mind, he's thinking, I'm, I'm fixing, this, this is probably the end for me. So, I can only imagine, humanly speaking, what was going on in here. I, I can imagine what would have been going on inside of me. Scared, probably a little bit. But he doesn't, he doesn't show any fear, does he? But, but let's talk about that for a minute. Our flesh is still our flesh. Isn't it? The only way we overcome our flesh is through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living inside of us and doing a work in us to give us the courage to, to overcome our flesh. Because we can't do it ourselves. So I can imagine there was some question in Peter's mind about, hey, <laughs> look here, brother, this, this is probably it. But it doesn't change the fact that he took a stand. And he said to them, he said, all of this that you're upset about is by the one, it's, from, it's happening because of the one whom you crucified. The one who was raised from the dead, Jesus Christ, conquered death. He's the one that has given this man his body back. And because we're speaking his name and we will continue to speak his name, what's the problem? Right? Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Can you imagine? I mean, think about at how they were judging Peter and John. These uneducated men. Can you believe this is coming out of dummies? Can you believe this is coming somebody that, that went to Cayuga? Or Corsicana? Bunch of hicks? And they marveled. And they said, well, there must be something going on. It says there in 13, at the end it says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Duh. Right? And seeing the man, 14, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could not say, they could say nothing against it. You see, when God does a work, he reveals that it's his work. And it can't be torn down. Man can't tear it down. They can come up with all these different things to muddy it and to try to have, turn a human influence on it. But in the end, you, God's work can't be denied. And it won't be denied. He will make it known to all. Verse 15. 
But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do with these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Well, I wish I had Peter's words, his tact, his wittiness. Because I stumble with that kind of stuff. But no. In, in, in that situation, I, I, I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit was speaking through Peter. He was putting words in Peter's mouth. He, he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit that he was just the vessel. And the Holy Spirit through Peter is preaching to these people. And, and, and showing them and testifying to them that Jesus Christ was alive. And that he was the one who healed that man. But so it spreads no further again among these. Let us severely threaten them. So they called them and commanded them not to speak and teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I want you to understand this morning that when, when the true transformation has gone on in your life, and I know I've, I have thoughts myself of, if it, you know, as I, especially as I read accounts and things in the Bible of things and persecution, sometimes the thought comes to my mind is, oh, well, I have the courage to stand in that situation. You ever, you ever, does that thought ever cross your mind? Well, I want you to, I want you to know, I want you to feel confident this morning that if the true transformation has taken, now there's, listen to what I'm about to say closely. If a true transformation has taken uh, hold in your life, and you have been redeemed and saved, and the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, and you are in fellowship with Him, and obedient, and you're where you're supposed to be with your walk, you will have the courage to stand. Amen. Now, did you hear what I said? Because there's some key points in that. Especially in that you're in fellowship with him and you're being obedient to where he's called you to be in your walk. Now, if you're backslidden and you're not you're not where you should be, and you're running from God at this moment, and you're and you're rebelling against God at this moment, that doesn't apply to you. That's why it's so important that we on a daily basis remain in fellowship with him. And that we check ourselves and we line our walk with Christ up against the word of God. And, we, and, and we, we're seeking and knocking in prayer and asking him to show us, Lord, am I being what you've called me to be? Am I, am I in fellowship with you? Am I, am I in union with the Holy Spirit living inside of me? So that when those things arise, which we never know when they're going to be, we have the courage and boldness to stand. Because if we're outside of that, we won't. Doesn't mean you're not saved. You could be in a backslidden state. 
What happens when you're in a backslidden state? You're doing things like a lost man. Aren't you? Key, key, key. Verse 21. So when they had heard and threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them. Because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. So it wasn't just Peter and John that they were, that they were having to deal with. Now you got 5,000 out there that's praising and worshiping God. They done had a big revival. They got all them to deal with too. And that they, they've got a real issue on their head. They're like, well, what can we do with all these? They got an army out there back. I mean, believe in them. Can't we just get them to go away? <laughs> if we can just get them to shut up and go away. Does that sound familiar? Censorship that's going on right now. Close the church doors. Don't meet because of COVID. What do you think they want us to do? <coughs> Shut up and go away. Don't make any noise. You see, Satan is working the same way today as he was working back then. Amen. That's, why all, that's why this whole book is so relevant to us. That's why this whole book is just as relevant today as it was when it was written and as it, it will be when, when Jesus returns. Verse 22, for the man was over 40 years old of whom the miracle, so the guy that, he, that, that was healed at the temple was over 40 years old whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord, there's that one accord again, and said, Lord, you are God, who, who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on our threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus, and when they had prayed, they placed their uh, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You want to know how to have boldness? There it is. There it is. Right there. It says, when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. Physically shaken. 
because they were in one accord. Okay, if they were in one accord and the Holy Spirit was living in one of them, he must have been living in all of them. Okay, be in one accord if one of you is not like the rest, right? But can you imagine that the, the, the place, the physical place where they stood as they prayed to the Lord God Almighty was shaken? You want to talk about God showing up? Huh? But we must have a whole, whole healthy relationship with a Holy Spirit living inside of us in order for us to have the boldness that we're going to have to have to endure to the end. We must be in a, a fellowship with that Holy Spirit and so in tune with that Holy Spirit working inside of us that I can't even put it into words. That's the only way we're going to have courage and boldness. When we do have that, we should expect divine things to happen right before our eyes. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? I told you last week, God didn't quit doing miracles. He didn't quit showing up. I don't find that in my Bible anywhere. I want us to be prepared to see those things. The church, and I'm not just talking about this church, but the church for years and years has, has, has fell into this funk. This funk. In which we think all, all those things are just happened in the Bible. We, you know, we're just waiting on God to return. He's coming someday. We've been hearing all of our life. He's coming someday. Listen, he didn't go to sleep. He didn't kick back in the recliner and say, I'll show up one day. I'm, I'm through working. No. If that was the case, we'd have done all been gone. He'd have done made his return. He don't get tired. The battle, the battle is just as fierce today as it's ever been. Some of us may think it's more fierce. I don't think so. I think it's just different fruits of that battle. The war between Satan, the war with Satan, has always been fierce but I want you to know as we grow in our walk you, you, you see our eyes are open more and more we see more and more we understand more and more we're able to discern more and more so it looks like to us it's really 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 getting worse now don't misunderstand me it is getting worse and the Bible clearly states that, that it must get worse until till his return but that is the hand of God being moved But the principles of darkness and the principles of righteousness are exactly the same. They're no different. 
But in order for us to have boldness, we have to have a secure, healthy, whole relationship with the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We can't, we can't take a chance and, and, and we can't get in those situations where we fall off the road. Now, I understand, I mean, it's going to happen. But if it happens, we've got, to, the, we've got to be listening for the Holy Spirit inside of us to correct us and get right back on, repent and get right back on track. Because the fiery darts from Satan are coming. They're coming rapidly. I mean, I just showed you a clip. Can anybody in here set and attest that they've ever heard this openly in our government? I can't. I can't. But I'm going to tell you something. More and more and more and more and more of it's going to happen. More and more and more and more of it's fixing to happen. It's fixing to become more common. They're trying to shove onto churches mandates that will require us to, to give in and, and, and accept sin. Period. Sodom and Gomorrah. I showed you some of you a clip from Pastor Smotherman Wednesday night. I, I, I feel like he does. Not me. Not going to happen here. <laughs> they may haul me down there like Peter and Paul and all of them. Y'all just have to, I just have to write you some letters or something. I don't, I don't know how that works, but I, I mean, I'm, I can't. My relationship with the Holy Spirit and my relationship with the Father will not allow me to succumb to that. It's not just me, but it's you too. It's you too. Proverbs 28.1 says this. The wicked flee when no one pursues. But the righteous are bold as a lion. When you're in fellowship with, with God and you're walking that walk, and you're in that place, and you're being responsible to that place that he has in your walk, you can have the boldness of a lion. I don't care if you just got saved or if you've been saved for 50 years. He will provide that boldness that you need. It says clearly that the wicked have none. They flee when no one pursues. Scared to death. Think about that for a minute. Isn't that true? Everybody. Think about somebody that, that you are pretty sure is lost. Everybody's out to get them. Everything's, everything's going wrong. Nothing can go their way. They flee. They run from everything. And nothing's their fault, is it? But it says the righteous are bold as a lion. Listen to this one. 
1 Thessalonians 2, 2. But though we had already suffered, this is Paul, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. The only way Paul and his, and his, and his group could be that was to, was to have that boldness of a line by having righteousness, by being in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and being what we've talked about this morning. Conflict is coming. We're already in conflict. But it's not going to get any lighter, any less. And I just feel this overwhelming sense to keep, keep laying this on you. That <clears throat> the things that are ahead of the church are going to require us to be different. Us to have a different outlook. Us to have a different understanding. What we've been in the past will not work in the future. He, he has built the, his people for this time. He has grown his people for this time. You say, well, I don't want no part of it. I'm sorry. Buckle up, buckle up, buttercup. Unless he plucks you out of here, you one of us. Well, if he hadn't, wouldn't he have already taken us home? If he hadn't designated us for this time... In this place, in this world today, would he have already taken us home? Why would he have left us here? But the things of the future are going to require us to be different. They're going to require that each and every one of us is diligent in our personal life to make sure that we are where we're supposed to be. Because there's going to come a time in your personal lives and probably in your church life that, that we will have to take a stand. Amen. If things like this keep getting worse and worse and worse. Will not surprise me if they pass this act. Will not surprise me at all. So don't let it surprise you. Okay? That's how we have boldness. That's how we take a stand. 32, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart. There it is again. Boy, is that not ringing in your ears? We cannot afford to be divided. If there is an issue that takes place within us, we need to surface it and we need to deal with it in a godly way. But we cannot afford to be divided. One accord. All together. I mean, it just keeps, it just keeps coming up, doesn't it? One heart. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they, all, but they had all things in common. Whew. All things in common. And with great power, the 
Apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Ooh, do you understand that when, a, and when you're in one accord, when this church is in one accord, when one of us gets blessed, we all get blessed? <laughs> How powerful. How powerful to know that if we're all in one accord and Weldon gets blessed, guess what? We all get to share in it. I want some of that. I want some of that. When God did what he did in Mary Jane, did, did, did we all not get blessed out of that? I sure did. I know she did. But we all shared in that. Thirty-four. Uh, 34. Nor, no, let me, I'm going to try to read it together without stopping, y'all, but it's hard for me. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyphus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. That is the only socialism I will ever be a part of. That's, that was socialism right there. But that's the only kind I ever want to be a part of is God's socialism. But they all benefited together. They were all blessed together. I want you to I want to tell you one more thing when it comes to being bold. When one of us has to stand up and be bold, the rest of us are standing up and being bold with you. When when we are in that one accord and we're of that one mind and of that one soul. The Holy Spirit does the work in each and every one of us to discern that one of, there's another one of us that's having to take a stand or something's going on in them. And, and, and just from you already know and can see from what you see, what y'all do on your little prayer chain, there's great joy and blessing for everyone involved in those circumstances. And as, as those people are praying for you and, and, and knocking at Jesus' door for you, they're getting blessed. They're getting fed. They're, they're building in their relationship with the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not. And it extrapolates out across the whole group. There is power. There was power in this church family. There is great reward in being in one accord. And, and again, don't misunderstand. There's nothing going on that I know of that we're not in one accord. Okay, I just feel it necessary to, to preach this. Because it's important. As we move forward, it's important. We don't know from one minute to the next what, what might happen. 
Okay? But there's great power in, 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 in this church group, in this church family being of one accord. Powers that don't even have to be spoken. But just the discernment of hearts that sit around this room and seek and hear and pray for one another. What a lovely name is the name of Jesus. All right. Let's bow our heads for prayer and we will go partake. I'll go ahead and bless the food while we're at it, okay? Is that all right? While we're all sitting here. Y'all getting loud out there and rowdy and I can't get you to settle down. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the Word of God and we thank you, Lord, that we have a Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that we can fellowship with, we can lean on and depend on. Lord, we just ask that you would continue to open our eyes, stir our hearts. Lord, Make us ready for the things that are ahead. Let us be that one accord. Let us be of one mind and of one soul, Lord, that we might, when the time comes, project your glory, not ours. Lord, I just pray that as we go out and have lunch, Lord, you would just nurse it, nourish it to the strength of our bodies and our bodies to thy service that we might glorify and honor you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.